This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Listen, let's, uh, let's open our Bibles together to the book of John, John's Gospel, chapter 10. We're going to use this as a text uh, here this morning. Hallelujah. We, uh, we mentioned to you that uh, we're just kind of uh, working towards getting things kind of geared back up again. We're going to be announcing some different things, events that we uh, want to uh, make you aware of and have you participate in. Matter of fact, I'm going to, while I'm at that, talking about that, um, about five years ago, there was a, a group of people that started a uh, Bible reading marathon at all of the courthouses in the 99 counties of uh, the state of Iowa. And uh, I know that uh, Governor Reynolds has uh, uh, made a proclamation with regard to this. Well, anyway, it's coming up. And uh, their intent, of course, is not only to read the Word of God aloud at the courthouse grounds, but, not, but also to pray. And you know, the reality is, I thank God I live in Iowa, because there are a bunch of other states where there's leadership that are crazy. So y'all need to pray for um, Kim and lift her up. She's a God-fearing woman, you guys. Uh, we had a conference call with her in the middle of this whole mess. There was 200 and... I don't know, 25, 50 pastors that were on the phone. And I'm telling you what, she's got a heart for the church, and it's reflected in a lot of her decision-making processes. And so really do lift her up, you know, because, uh, uh, well, there's just a lot of forces and a lot of voices and a lot of all kind of stuff, and she's had to, you know, uh, be strong, and she has been. And so she could really use our prayers. But anyway, back to this other thing. Uh, There's a meeting that's being held, a regional meeting at Heartland Prayer Center, I think it's called, in, on Fifth Avenue in Council Bluffs. Next Saturday, if you're interested in participating in this, um, from 10 till 3, lunch is being served. But probably, if you have an interest in being involved in this Bible reading marathon uh, type thing, the best thing you can do is talk to Greg. So see the guy with his hand here? That guy right there, that's Greg Barnston. He'll tell you everything you know and plus some about this event and help you with that uh, so that you can be involved uh, if you would like to participate. And we've got a lot of counties that are represented here uh, within the context of the church. And so it might be that you can uh, uh, help out with that. I think they even have some things uh, planned and situated that if you can't be on site, you can still participate, but he'll, he'll let you know all of that, and uh, it'll be a blessing. Praise God. All right, y'all find John chapter 10? Y'all ready for a ride? Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, glory to God, let's, let's mash the foot feed to the floor. How many of you like to go fast? Amen. My wife doesn't particularly like to go fast. You know, when we're on the motorcycle, it's this casual, you know, nice, easy ride. The other day, Uh, She wasn't on the back, and I thought, I wonder how fast this thing will go. It was awesome. Nobody was behind me screaming. Nobody was poking me saying, slow down. None of that. It was awesome. Well, I stopped at 100 and something and decided, you know, because is is any of my law enforcement people here? (laughs) Preston? You didn't hear that. But anyway, uh, yeah, it goes fast, man. It's awesome. Glory to God. Get some wind in your face. All right. Well, anyway, enough about all that. <clears throat> some people need to have a jump start. You know, I mean, they just need 
jumpstart. And this is one way for it to happen. Well, anyway, I don't, I don't even know why I'm getting into this. And neither does my wife. Hallelujah. All right, well, anyway, let's pray. We'll get into the Word of God. That'd probably be a better place to be anyway. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. So grateful for your blessing in our lives, Father. And as we sang and as we prayed about earlier, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, that you are faithful, hallelujah, to every generation. And that, Father God, your word is sure and that we as believers, Father, have the privilege of being able to rely upon it and know, Father God, that in our obedience to you, that there's not only great grace, but great reward and blessing that comes to the child of God. So we thank you for that, Father. Even in times of hardship and difficulty or challenge, we know, Father God, that you remain steadfast. And Father God, that you will if need be, deliver us. And so we thank you for your blessing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Read this verse of Scripture with me. It's familiar, I know, to many of you. Jesus made this statement in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. Everybody say life. life. And life more abundantly. The reason Jesus came is in order that people like you and I, humanity, might have life and have it more abundantly. That was one of the many purposes for which he came. The Bible tells us in uh, John chapter 3 and verse 8, I believe, 1 John chapter 3 and 8, that Jesus came specifically, again, with regard to purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that when Jesus went to that cross and died, that he paid a price in sacrifice of himself so that, thank God, the devil could be under our feet. Now, this scripture says the thief comes only for to steal, kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came so that we could have life and life more abundant. So there is a conflict that you and I find ourselves, you know, being involved in, a battle, if you want to call it that. You can't get out of it, but thank God, here's the good news, we win. And the reason being is, is because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And if he's your Lord, if he's your Savior, then praise God, his blood was sufficient to be able to provide for you, child of God, everything that you need. Everybody say hallelujah. Yeah, everything that you need in order to engage in a victorious or a successful battle, but battles there are. And there's no kind of getting around it. Now, a lot of folk, you know, I mean, they've got the idea, you know, that I get saved, give my heart to Jesus, and everything's just going to be great. Well, things are going to be great, but it isn't going to be without conflict. Now, I wish, you know, in a perfect world, someday when Jesus comes and establishes his rule and his authority, and we experience a new heaven and a new earth, then, praise God, we'll be able to, you know, shout the victory in that context. But for the time being, you and I have to, we have to deal with stuff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But here's the, here's an important point. Again, we win as long as we don't quit. And in other words, as long as you and I are willing to keep going, how many of you have ever felt like you just wanted to quit? Well, if you're a human being, you've experienced it. And if you haven't, 
you will. Because there are times in life, you know, when there's just stuff that comes against us, seems so overwhelming, there doesn't seem to be an answer. You know, the psalmist of old said that, Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Glory be to God forevermore. And we all experience that within our lives, but thank God Jesus has provided a way. Hallelujah. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Let me, read, let me say, say, uh, state that to you again. Think about it with me. It says that whatever, you're a whatever, or whosoever, whatever is born of God. How many people do we have here today that is... <clears throat> excuse me, experienced the new birth, been born again. So it says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that, that overcomes the world or that has, and that is our faith. Thank God for faith in God, amen? Because it affords us a direction, a, 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 a movement, a, a way in which we can go. Hallelujah. You know, thank God your life doesn't have to be defeated. Amen? You know, before I was saved, when I was a sinner, my life was being defeated. I was being led all different kinds of directions down different paths, which I thought was supposed to be the thing that would give me uh, enjoyment in life and all of these different things. But I only came to realize that they took from me what I was after. How many of you can attest to that? But then I got saved. Thank God for the salvation of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, that delivered me from the nature of sin and made me a new creation in Christ. And not only that, he gave with me, he gave with that, he gave me promises. And he just said, praise God, that if you'll do what I say and walk in my statutes and do that that's right in my sight, I will bless you, hallelujah. And he certainly has done that. How many of you can attest to the idea that God has blessed you? Come on now. <clears throat> the simple fact that you know in Him is a blessing. If nothing else ever goes right, that in and of itself is worth rejoicing over. Hallelujah. So praise God for what it is that He's done. Glory to God. But again, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that caused us to overcome. It's our faith. So that just simply means, praise God, when things don't look like they're going the right direction, you still have to believe what it is that he has said and keep going and keep growing. How many of you know God wants you to grow? Amen. He wants you to keep growing. Hallelujah. And you know, so here's the thing, you're still in this fight, but <clears throat> I'll give you a great example. You say, what kind of fight are you talking about? Well, how about parenting? How many of you have ever had a little battle there once in a while? Sure enough, you know, and the, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, what is it that you're endeavoring to do? Well, you're endeavoring to provide guidance for your kids, aren't you? Huh? You, I mean, you've been down the road, you've seen what's going on, this and that and the other, and so you're, you're endeavoring to give them, provide them direction and guidance, and in the middle of that, uh, unfortunately, you get some pushback, you know, they have their own kinds of things that are influencing them, you know, and what it is that maybe you're suggesting or maybe what it is that you're saying this is the way it's going to be is not popular. 
or it may not be, you know, the thing that is cool. Well, I can tell you right now, just because it's cool, don't make it right. Are you listening to me? You know? My wife and I were just talking about this here the other day. We were just making comment about, you know, sometimes the way that girls dress. You know, how much shorter can a dress get? You know, and what's unfortunate about it is, is, you know, and you see this all the time. The scenario is always created like, if you think you're going out of the house looking like that, I got news for you. Well, what are they thinking? Well, this is what, you know, everybody thinks is popular, whatever everybody thinks is cool. And what they don't realize is they're walking out the door being exploited by the world. Huh? Cover that stuff up. Huh? That's not for the world. That's for your husband. Thank you for your excitement and enthusiasm. This stuff don't belong out there. Your stuff don't belong out there. You know, not to mention the fact that you didn't do anything to get that body anyway. God gave you that body. And he wants you to possess that body in sanctification for your marriage and for your, you know, the intimacy of your relationship. And how in the world did I get here? I will never know. But I'm telling you the truth. So you're the parent and you're the one having to try to guide your daughter who doesn't like the fact that you're not going to let them out of the house looking like that. But you know what? It doesn't matter. And someday, hopefully, they'll, get, they'll have sense enough to thank you for it. Okay, praise the Lord. Moving right along, talking about those challenges that we face in life. But it's a real one, isn't it? I said it's a real one. Pretty practical, but it works. So I want to talk to you uh, this morning about... Uh, 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 the, the attitude of uh, to keep going and to keep growing. And don't lose heart when you get into the middle of one of those things. Why? Because what you're doing is right. Are you listening to me? And so you explain, you do what you can to help try to guide them, praise God. But you know, the thing about it is, is we just don't quit. Don't ever quit. You know, when you're dealing with these things, there's times when parents will get in arguments about where it is that should or shouldn't happen. How many of you have been there before? Huh? Can two walk together except they agree? Well, you better get on the same page. I said, you better get on the same page. I said, you better get on the same page. Because sometimes, you know, in your letting so much rope out, for whatever it is that your kids are wanting to do, you better be careful that they don't end up hanging themselves. There's just stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Am I in the right house? And why I keep talking about this, I probably, well, there's a reason. Amen, parent. Amen. Well, you know, they just got to have a little fun. Yeah, I heard that. And... Uh, <clears throat> For some people, that didn't work out very good. You can ruin your whole life having a little fun. Am I in the right house? You say, well, I don't like you very much. I'm not here so that you'll like me. I'm here to tell you the truth. Those kids are the only thing that you're going to take to heaven with you. Did you hear me? The only possession, earthly possession, you're taking are those kids. And so do what you can everything you can, whatever it takes to fight for them in this crazy, mixed up, goofed up world that we're living in. 
Are you listening to me? And they'll thank you someday. Huh? Woo! Okay, honey, was there anything that I missed that you wanted me to say? <laughs> she said, back, she said over going, I got nothing to do with this. But it's still good. Hallelujah. Amen. It just doesn't, here's the thing, you guys, it doesn't matter who you are. You may not be a parent. Maybe you're already past that and you're through that and you're doing something, you know, whatever it is you're doing. But here's the fact. It doesn't make any difference who you are or where it is that you are in your station of life. We're all going to face difficulties. We're all going to face challenges of varying sorts. But here's the good news. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, thank God God has an answer. Amen? And not only that, that if you're in that hard spot, God will come to your aid, that he will deliver you. He will. And sometimes, you know, people are always asking, well, how long does it take? Well, I'm not God. I don't know. But I just know this, that if you'll stay faithful, praise God, someday payday is coming. Amen. And again, a lot of times people, you know, they don't understand, you know, this, why, whatever. And, and, and we've all been there. But I tell you what, God remains the same. I found it so interesting. The very first song that we sang this morning had to do with the faithfulness of God. Because he is faithful. Amen? So we just have to stay, you know, uh, uh, in that right place. But a lot of times people say, well, you know, you know, to answer the question, why? Why should I keep going? Why should I keep doing this? Why should I hold this standard up within my life? Well, because God, here's, here's my answer to that question. Because he's faithful. And if you do it, there's a reward that comes with it. Another reason I would suggest for you to do it is because of this, you know, impassioned love that you have for God. I hope you love God because he loves you and he wants the best for you and he wants you to fight the good fight of faith. Are you listening to me? And so that just means, praise God, you keep going when everybody else, you know, stops going. You know, you'll hear things like this. People will say, well, you know, the harder I try, the worse that it gets. How many of you have ever felt that way? Huh? Or what's the use? Or I've been in this and nothing is, I've been in this forever and nothing's changing. Hallelujah. Or when I do the right thing, people take advantage of me. Welcome to the party. Huh? Try to take the high road and what ends up happening is somebody takes advantage of you or at least attempts. We'll hear things like I've tried everything and nothing seems to work. Huh? Praise God. Those are all pretty uh, kind of reasonable things that go through people's thought lives. But I tell you what, praise God, you know, you got to be like the psalmist said, you know, I once was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Hallelujah. So I tell you what, praise God, when you choose to do that which is right, and you're staying the course because, praise God, you know that it's true. Sooner or later, I'm telling you, the blessing of God is coming. Now, here's the thing you need to understand. A lot of times, this just doesn't happen overnight. Are you with me? A lot of folk, you know, they, they you know, uh, Jesus spoke this parable in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He said that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart or faint and give up. And he talked about an unjust judge and a widow woman who wanted to be uh, avenged of her adversary. And the judge said, forget you. 
And yet she just continued because the Bible says of her importunity or her shameless stand because of what was right, the guy finally gave her what it is that she was after. And then he goes on to explain, and shall not God, the God of all of the earth, do that which is right and just and avenge you? He said, I'm telling you, he will. But you got to stay in the boat. You got to stay the course. You have to keep believing him. And as it said, praying. There were times when Jesus spent all night praying because of the opposition that he was facing daily of the ungodly and the unbelieving people. And yet the next morning, praise God, when the sun came up, away he went. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't quit? Come on now. So for all of the things that you and I may face and have to deal with, thank God you can do it because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can continue. You can keep loving. You can keep giving. You can keep serving. You know the Bible, why is it that we see in the scriptures where it's telling us all the time, don't be weary in well-doing for in due season, due season, due season, in due season, in due season, you will reap if you don't faint. Huh? So as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men and especially those that are of the household of faith. This is the way that God has crafted our lives to be lived. And yes, there will be challenges, Whew, especially in the day and age we're living in. I mean, they seem to be everywhere. Could someone agree? But yet, right on the other hand, there's another level, a different place in which God has asked you and I to live. Is it challenging? Absolutely. I mean, if you're a human being, you know that it is. But thank God, again, we're not in this fight alone. We're not doing it in our own strength. We're doing it because of what it is that he said. So if you're in that moment of your life where you're just a little bit weary, maybe you're not a little bit, maybe you're a lot. Wow. You know, maybe you're a lot weary. Well, it might be time to pull back for a little bit. Begin to pray and talk to the Lord and say, God, I'm struggling here. How many of you know he knows when you're struggling? Huh? But he does say to talk to him. That's what prayer is. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart, faint, and give up. Tell him. You know? Talk to him about what it is that's going on. Hallelujah. Because, again, the reason we don't quit is because God is faithful. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, there's a scripture you can look at it if you like there in Psalm uh, 34, verse 19. Psalm 34, verse 19. <clears throat> the Bible says many, everybody say, uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them what what is it he delivers them out of how many he delivers them out of them all now of course you know i'm sure you'll you'll have a descending voice on that one well you know god never helped me and god never did this and god never did that you know and all that well i don't know why things turned out the way they did but i can tell you this much about it god doesn't lie and he's faithful are you with me so there's got to be a disconnect someplace else, uh, you know, besides God in the situation. 
So yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Bible says that God delivers us out of them all. Let me give you a definition with the word affliction. It means evil. Well, you know, if you're in this world, you're going to experience evil because there are evil people. There are people that are dominated by the devil. They're controlled by the God of this world, and they do all kinds of evil things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So it creates an, uh, an affliction. So evil, wickedness, uh, wrongdoing, harm, that which is not morally good, as an uh, opposite or, uh, let's see, as an opposite or perversion of goodness. So with an implication that the event or the action is harmful in various ways. Well, I think all of us have probably experienced that, have we not? It goes on by definition and, and goes a little bit further and says disaster, trouble, distress, misery, calamity, ruin, misfortune. You know, many people, I'm talking about Christians, you know, that have experienced these things in their lives. The state of hardship in some circumstance. And then it goes on finally to define it as misery, suffering, or having a feeling or attitude of anxiety or distress. You know, anxiety and distress can be an affliction. Huh? You know, people are worried and anxious about what it is that's going on. And so he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Hallelujah. Well, how does he do that? That The way he does it is when you and I keep our eyes on him, irregardless or irrespective of what it is that's going on in our lives. Is that difficult at times? Absolutely. I mean, sometimes, you know, when the, when the storm is raging, when that stuff is right there in, the, in your grill, right up in your face, you know, in those moments, it's, it's difficult to see the simple fact that God's going to deliver me. But here it is, friends. He will. Hallelujah. So the righteous deal with all kinds of abuses and challenges. Uh, true, true that. But God's promise is to deliver us. Are you listening to me? At, you know, out of them all. So thank God. Praise God. You might be in a mess. If you're in a mess right now, I tell you what, you ought to start rejoicing. You say, well, why would I do that? Because deliverance is on the way. Come on, praise God, victory is just around the bend. But if you quit, if you give up, if you faint, if you walk off into the shadows and the darkness, then you can't possibly win. Am I in the right house? So thank God we're going to stay the course, amen? Why don't you turn with me to uh, Psalm 34, <clears throat> and let's look at this. A couple weeks ago, uh, we opened our uh, service up with this verse of Scripture, but it's such a great one. Psalm 34, Psalm of David. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Psalm 34, and notice uh, in verse 1, he says, this is a psalmist of all. Let me ask you a question. Before we read this, did David have any hardships? Did he, did he deal with any difficulties? Sure. But notice what he said in this psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. I said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. You know, stop, stop you know, pounding on God because things aren't going the way you want them in your life. He's not your problem. He's your answer. You know, he, he, David faced all these difficulties. He said, but I will bless the Lord at all time. Why? Because he understood God is not my problem. He's my answer. 
Why would I want to allow myself to start thinking that God is the one who's causing the problems in my life or he's not coming through for me or all of these different kinds of things that are human reasoning often, you know, these paths that it goes down. So he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2, it says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Now listen, and delivered me from all of my fears. Now, this psalm is beautiful. I mean, you could go on reading the rest of it and get blessed by the whole thing. But I just want you to notice in this verse that he said, I'm going to bless the Lord whether things are looking good or things are looking bad. At all times, his praise, his praise is going to be in my mouth. I don't know about you, but I've been in those places before and I never really felt like, you know, getting all jolly. Huh? I mean, when you're in the middle of the battle, baby, I'm telling you what, your flesh ain't feeling jolly. But I tell you, it's in those moments, hallelujah, when I will yet praise him because his presence brings deliverance. Hallelujah. So we begin to praise him and we worship him and we thank God. Now, thinking about David for a moment, I mean, how many of you know he was a child of promise? Here he is, a young boy. You know, he's out taking care of his father's sheep, and, and all of a sudden the prophet comes and anoints him as a teenager to be the king of Israel. Now, dude, I'm telling you what, that is a good-looking future, wouldn't you say? But do you have any idea what this guy dealt with getting there? Huh? There's promises God's made to you. You're a child of promise, and there's a place where he wants to take you, a place he wants you to go. But sure enough, between here and there, hell will show up to try to keep you from enjoying what heaven has planned for you. Can I get a witness? So the only way that you and I are going to get from point A to point B, God's purpose in our lives is we got to keep going, and we got to keep growing. Are you listening to me? And that's what David did. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, here he is anointed to be the king of Israel, you know, and <clears throat> here's the thing you got to understand about David. Apart from all of his accomplishments that we read about, he loved God. The Bible describes it as a man after God's own heart, but what that means is he loved God. He loved his word. He wanted to obey God. You know, and so he sought to do that. Here he is on the backside of who knows where, taking care of his father's sheep, being obedient to his parents, you know, and all of a sudden, because of his heart, not because of his accomplishments, not because of who people may have thought he was. He was a nobody. He was a kid. He was the youngest of the whole crew. And yet God chose that kid to become the king of Israel. Now, I don't know how old he was. He was young, you know. But the other thing about it is, is, you know, he went to see how his brothers were doing, you know, in that one uh, uh, conflict that they were having with the Philistines. He ended up killing Goliath. And when, when, when the king found out, Saul, when he found out who he, who is this kid anyway? And he brought him into the palace. He never even went back to his father's house. 
He became the cupbearer of the king and he began, you know, to behave himself wisely and he moved up and he moved up and he did all these things. And again, not to be seen a man, not to be exalted because of who I am or anything like that or have these accomplishments. He loved God. You know, the righteousness that was within his heart was to uphold the king. Never did he ever come against King Saul when everyone else was. Even after Saul's death, he said, what kindness can I show to his family? Is there anybody yet alive of Saul's family that I can bless? And Meshibbosheth, I think his name was, who was uh, crippled, you know, uh, David brought him into the, the palace and blessed him and gave him all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah. See, he had sense enough to know, you know, you need to be careful about who you put your mouth on when you're talking ugly. That went over big. You know, different ones told him, hey, man, here's your opportunity. The king's right here in front of you. I mean, this is your opportunity to take his life, and then you can be a king. He said, I will not touch God's anointed. Are you with me? Was, was it maybe, I, I don't know what you call it, socially right, or was it correct, or what? I mean, Saul had been chasing him, trying to kill him for years. Huh? But he never did. And here's the point I'm trying to make in all of this. David, we don't know what his age was. He might have been 15, 17 years old, something like that. But you know, he never became a king until he was 30. What's my point? The point is, is that a lot of folk in the body of Christ think that God's supposed to, you know, wave this magic wand and then all of a sudden everything changes. No, man, dude, it's a lifestyle of obedience and living by faith and honoring God daily with our lives. That's what brings the blessing in your life, not some flash in the pan kind of thing. How come you don't get me out of this mess? Am I in the right house? Hallelujah. Because I'll tell you again, sooner or later, baby, payday's coming and the blessing will too. So he was 30 years of age when he began to reign as king over Judah. Now there's 12 tribes, you know, in Israel, but he only had two of them that he was reigning over, Judah and one of the other smaller, I don't remember who it was. But the other 10 tribes of Israel were, were being, um, uh, how shall I say it, led by one of uh, Saul's family members, you know, and uh, <clears throat> Abner had something to, to do with that. But, so the Bible tells us that for seven and a half years, he was a king in Judah. And then it wasn't, be, and he became stronger, and the other ten tribes became weaker. And before it was over with, they come to realize, you know, we're all brethren, and what are we doing here? And, they, and then he finally became the king over all of Israel. So it's conceivable, 37, he could have been 38 years old, or thereabouts, before he actually, the fulfillment of the prophet way back when he was a 15, 17-year-old kid was made. So it could conceivably have been 20 years down the road before God made good on his promise, but he was faithful. And the same thing, you guys, is true where your lives are concerned. Are you with me? How many of you believe that today? So glory to God, let's not quit and give up and lose heart. Amen? Let's, let's stay the course. And the Bible tells us that he reigned for 40 years. From 30 to 70 years of age, David was the king of Israel. He did a lot of great things. He did some stupid things too. How many of you know about that? Huh? But thank God there was a lot of great things, you know, that he did. So here's my point. You also, just like him, are a child of promise. Everybody say, I'm a child of promise. 
Yes, you are. Hallelujah. And the best of what heaven has to offer is, is in front of you. I mean, God's not done with you. I don't care how old you are. God's got some stuff for you. Am I in the right house? Hallelujah. And so it's important. And the reason being is, is because I tell you, the new creation being born of the Spirit of God changed everything about your life when you gave your heart to Him. Are you listening? If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. And old things have passed away, and behold, everything has become new. Hallelujah. I mean, every morning you ought to get up and say, thank God I'm a new creation. Thank God I'm a child of God. Am I in the right house? I'm not getting enough amen in here. You know, I'm starting to kind of preach. Hallelujah. You know? But you're born of the Spirit of God. And there's a plan that God has for your life. The Bible says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And it goes on to say that if we're children, then we are heirs. Everybody say, I'm an heir. You are an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. What does that mean? That means you share everything he's got. Are you listening to me? The Bible makes reference to this, that God in various times, you know, sundry times, you know, spoken in the uh, days gone by, by the prophets, has in this last days spoke to you, you and I by his son. Now listen, whom he appointed, talking about Jesus, as the heir of everything. Woo! You're a joint heir with the cat who is an heir to everything. You know, Paul said that all things are yours. We don't think about it that way a lot of times. But I tell you what, it wouldn't hurt us to remind ourselves. Huh? Come on. Glory to God, I'm telling you, you're blessed. And don't even know it. Hallelujah. Another place, the Bible says, we're in God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. I like that. Willing to show to the heirs of promise. Did you know you're an heir of promise? You're an heir of promise. Glory to God. You know, when Paul said, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't just making a statement for the sake of filling up a page. He's saying, Jesus gave you the victory. Glory to God. Begin to shout it. Declare it. You know, say it. Talk it. Not be talking about how bad you got it and how this person's ugly and all that and the other. Dude, you don't have time for that. There's more for you to live for than just that. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. I'll give you another verse of scripture here I think will bless you. How many are you glad you came today? Look what it says here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence, for it has a great recompense of reward. You see this all the time. You know, people, they're not in church anymore. They're out in the shadows someplace, you know, sitting at home doing whatever it is that they do. Why? Because something has happened and they've thrown away their confidence. You know, when people are excited about the things of God, they show up in church. The Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Well, this person did me wrong or they're that or whatever. Forget about it. I said, forget about it. Hallelujah. What are you harboring that stuff for anyway? Hot dog? What are you doing? Hallelujah. Yeah, but they did me wrong. They just did me wrong. Well, then you got a problem. 
You say, well, no, I don't have a problem. They're the ones that did me wrong. No, you got a problem. Am I in the right house? Why? Because you have an obligation to forgive them. And if you're talking like that, my friend, you've got a problem. And you ain't forgive them. You say, do you really want to bring this up? Yeah, why not? You want to live free? You want to enjoy life and life more abundant? Praise God. You want to stay healthy, full of joy? Then you have to let it go. That's all there is to it. I wish I had a different answer for you. You know, let's all get in the car and go down there and just beat the living daylights out of them. See if you feel better about it. I guarantee you, you won't. Not to mention the fact you've just made it worse. This is quite a message. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Don't ever cast away your confidence in God. There's a great recompense of reward. You have need of endurance in that after, after, after you've done the will of God, then you receive the promise. Are you with me? The Bible tells me that I'm to love her as Christ loved the church. And if I do that, then the promise and the reward comes as a result of my obedience to what he said. Isn't that right? Huh? It's just the way it works. But if I'm ornery about it, if I talk ugly to her, if I mistreat her, if I don't, you know, whatever, whatever, however that's defined, and you know, whatever, I, I, I'm sowing some bad seed, and I'm going to get harvest, and I don't want that harvest. So it's not worth it to me to misbehave toward her. Not to mention, in fact, it's dumb. Isn't that right? So wives, you ought to be looking at your husband and say, don't be dumb, you know, praise the Lord. And it works the other way too, you know. There's some things that the wives are supposed to do too. Did you read that in the Bible, girls? Yeah, amen, praise God. Well, anyway, uh, so notice, uh, I'm trying to read this, but you guys keep interrupting me. He said, you have need of patience in 36 after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. But the just now at this point shall live by what? Faith. Do what? Live by? Faith. Live by what? Faith. Live by faith. L read it again. It says, it says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not Terry. We think he's tarrying. Where you at, God? You can be sure he ain't tarrying. Every guy that's got a bone in his body and any common sense, if he's getting ready to be married, he ought to be excited about that day. Isn't that right? To come and get his bride. Huh? Mind the right house? Yeah, absolutely. Glory to God. And Jesus is waiting for his bride. And so the consummation of all things will be brought to pass exactly, exactly, exactly as God said. And that day will come, as the Bible says, as a thief in the night. And Jesus is going to appear. He's going to show up, hallelujah, in all of his glory. 
And I tell you what, praise God, oh, happy day. Isn't that right? So that's why the Bible says here that now at this time, the just or the righteous shall live by their faith in what he has promised. And then it goes on to say, but if any man draw back, well, where is the sign of his coming? All things seem to be like they always have been. People are still doing unjust stuff. People are corrupt and they're mean and they're ornery and this and that. You know, I don't think he's coming. Well, I got, I got news for you. He's going to show up in a day when most people, the Bible talks about people will be begin, being given in marriage, you know, and life will be doing whatever, you know, we'll just be kind of going down the road, you know, and all of a sudden, pow, he's going to show up. So what's that mean to you and me? That means, praise God, we ought to be telling the world, Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. And not only that, but to see to it, praise God, that we do all we can to make sure that they're right with him when he comes. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm just blessed myself reading that scripture. Amen. It says, we're not of those, verse 39, that draw back unto perdition or destruction, but we're of those that believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. I'm not going down the path that destroys my life. Are you? I said, are you? No, man, praise God. We're going to keep on keeping on. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to do that which is right in his sight. We're going to honor the Lord with our substance and the first fruit of our increase. And our barns will be filled with plenty. And our vats will burst out with new wine. I tell you what, God's going to bless us coming in and going out. We'll be the head and not the tail. We'll be above only and not beneath. Why? Because we're the children of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it says, let them shout for joy. Look at it. You're right there. It's in chapter 35. No, you went to Hebrews, didn't you? Did you go to Hebrews? Well, look at this. You know, <laughs> I love this. Look at uh, Psalm 35 real quick. Maybe they can get it up on the screen for you. Verse 27. This says, let them shout for joy. Let who shout for joy? The child of God. We got a lot of people, you know, they're all puckered up. And they've been eating some kind of sour candy. I don't know. You know, but it says, let them shout for joy. Glory to God. Yes, that favor, and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Woo, glory to God. Isn't that a good news thing? Did you know God's not opposed to you having stuff? The Bible says he actually delights in it. You know, when his children are going without, when there's insufficiency, when there's lack or deficiency, God is not pleased. When you can't pay your bills, when you don't have enough to go around, when you're trying to figure out how you're going to make all, God is not pleased. But he is pleased when you do. Huh? He delights, everybody say delights. delights. He delights in the prosperity of his servants. How many servants we have here? He delights in your prosperity. He wants you to be blessed. Hallelujah. And now people, you know, that's maybe not a big popular kind of thing sometimes, but I don't care. Hallelujah. The only thing I'm concerned about is what he said. Are you with me? 
So I'm going down that path. I'm going to rejoice, praise God in the goodness of God and His faithfulness. Because when you obey God and you do His will, the blessing of God's coming your way. How many of you believe that? And not only that, but when He says that He delights in the prosperity of His servants, the argument is over. The only people that are concerned about your prosperity are the people who don't have it or are jealous or envious or whatever, you know, however you want to define it. Are you listening to me? God's delighting and everybody else is upset. I got a neighbor. He's not saved. I get, I'm going to get him saved. Praise God. But, uh, you know, he gives me a hard time all the time about being a preacher and, you know, having like a new mow machine. Now, I can't afford all that stuff you do. I said, oh, yeah, you can. You got the same thing. Shut up. I didn't say that. But you know what I'm saying? They want to give me a hard time because I have a mower for crying out loud or a pickup, or a whatever, you know. But I'm telling you what, God is not concerned about any of it at all. Are you with me? You know, some of you built fine homes, and you live in nice places. God bless you. And if you're, you know, where you're at, and you're moving on up, God bless you. You know, he, he I mean, there's no lack in God's economy, why are we fighting against one another because somebody else has something we don't? Why don't we just say, hallelujah, I want to get in that line. How'd you get there? Huh? Well, you know, God never promised to make every, all of us, you know, rich or whatever. Well, the Bible says that he'll supply all of your needs, didn't he? Huh? The Bible defines God when he revealed himself to humanity as El Shaddai. By definition, that means the God who is more, everybody say more, more than enough. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad sometimes when you got more than enough? Somebody comes along and they have a need in their life and, and you got, well, here, take this. Just take it. I want you to have it. Well, no, no, I could never do it. No, I've got more than enough. Go ahead. You help yourself. Isn't that a better way to live? Huh? Instead of, you know, looking down our nose, wondering how they come up with that, you know, and all this other kind of funky. Dude, you guys don't live down there. I said, don't live down there. I'm telling you, rejoice in the blessing of others. Are you with me? And say, praise God. I mean, if, they're, if you don't have it and you'd like to have it, then praise God. Say, I'm in that line. Because he delights in your prosperity. Glory to God. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to stick to it. Amen? Hallelujah. So in trying to uh, bring this thing to a close this morning, you know, the Bible says, Paul told Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ or hardship. And yeah, we got to face those things in life sometimes. Hallelujah. You know, when you're walking in love and others aren't, huh? Yeah, come on. When you stand alone for what's right, morally or whatever the case might be, and I mentioned, you know, David and that whole story. Abraham's another one. I mean, he was 75 years old, and God said, if you'll go and do what I tell you to do, I'll bless you. I'll make you a, a father of many nations. Well, it took him 25 years. Everybody say 25 years. It took 25 years for the manifestation of that promise to came, come to pass. But it came to pass, didn't it? Huh? You take Josh and Caleb. You know, here they are running around with a bunch of unbelieving outfits, and they suffered for 40 years waiting for this crowd to die so they could get where God wanted them to go. 
Now, if you want to whine about your problem, you get big. Come on. I mean, they had a reason to whine. You know, Caleb said, I was 40 years old when God brought us word about the land that he had promised us. And he said, now I have waited all these years, and I am yet as strong now as I was then for war, so give me that mountain. And you know what they gave Caleb? Where all the giants, the sons of Anak, lived. And he went in there and whooped up on them. Hallelujah. But I think about the duration. You say, well, I can't do that. I can't wait that long. Well, praise God, if you're willing to wait forever, it won't take very long. Are you listening to me? Mind the right house? Joseph, he has a dream. God gives him a dream. He gets excited, tells everybody about it, and they hate him for it. Sell him off into slavery. Tries to be a good guy, you know, gets propositioned by Potiphar's wife, ends up in prison. Now, if anybody wanted to say, you know what, every time I try to do something good, all I get is some kind of evil back my way. I'm glad that Joseph didn't quit. I'm glad he didn't give up. If you've got a relative or somebody that's being ornery and giving you all kind of problems, pray for them because they need it bad. Hallelujah. Well, I want to give them a piece of my mind. Well, you ain't got much left. You better hang on to what you got. Come on. No, but pray for them because they need your prayers. The God of this world has blinded their eyes and their minds. You think about the craziness of what's going on in our world today. I'm telling you what, the God of this world is controlling people's thought lives as never before. But listen, I got good news for you. Don't you trouble yourself about it. Because King Jesus, did you hear me? I said King Jesus. He's going to come and clean all this mess up. Are you listening to me? What you and I can do is pray and believe God. Are you listening? I mean, there, there's a day of reckoning coming for all this, this civil disobedience, all of the corruption that you see going on, and the evil, and, and uh, uh, the wickedness that are, that's within the heart of these people, the lawlessness that you see. I'm telling you what, you guys, you keep your eyes on Christ because he's going to make, he, he's going to fix this thing up. Did you hear me? Because there's always a consequence to sin. Huh? There's always a recompense that comes. But the righteous, see, if you'll keep your mouth, if you'll keep yourself, if you'll keep doing what's right, I'm telling you what, when, when, when it's all over with, you'll be on the top. I said you'll be on the top. Are you with me? Yeah, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but thank God he delivers, them out of, he delivers us out of them all. There's a lot of things that... Uh, I could go on saying here, but I'm out of time. We've got preschoolers that are being corralled yet. And if you're the one doing the corralling, an hour and 15 minutes is a long time. Hallelujah. So we're going to respect that. Amen. Did y'all get something out of this this morning? Amen. Praise God. I want you to stand with me if you would, please. We're not going to quit. Listen, we're not going to give up. You're not going to give up. You know, in your lives and what it is that God has for you. You're going to stop listening to all the negative and start listening to Him. Are you with me? Everybody say it together. Better things are in store for me. My future is bright because of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace in my life to enjoy all that heaven has. I thank you, Lord for your blessing in my life. 
as it is this day. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for every precious person here today, even those, Father, that may be watching either by Facebook or YouTube, and even those, Father, that are not here with us today. God, I just thank you for the church so much, God. You created the church as an oasis, as a place of refreshing, as a place, Father God, where you could speak to us, you could minister to us, that you could give us hope and talk to us about our future. And so, Father God, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice and perhaps watching this broadcast, Father, that they would not give up or quit and cast away their confidence. But God, rejoice in you and look to your promises that you've made, Father, for a better way of life, a better way of living, a promise, Father, that we hold because of what it is you said. And I just thank you, Father, for parents here today. I ask you to strengthen them, Lord, by your spirit in their inner man. Help them, Father God, to be good parents. Help them, Father God, to have your wisdom to know what to say and when to say it, when to say no, when to say yes. And God, may they be on the same page together because we need one another, Father. And I just thank you for your amazing grace in so many of our lives. Father, help us to just be doers of the word, not hearers only. Hallelujah. 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 